0: Well, today we're gonna to continue in a series uh, called Marathon. Um, we started this series last Sunday. As, as usual, if you weren't with us, you can always go to the website or YouTube and catch up uh, with, with where we started last week. We're talking about running the race that God has called us to because every one of us, no matter who we are, uh, and I love what Desiree shared with us this morning. No matter who you are or where you're from, God has a purpose for you, he has a plan for you, he has a destiny for you, and, 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 the, and the enemy wants to do everything he can to distract you uh, from God's purpose and his plan for your life. But we as believers understand uh, that, that Christ sets a pattern for us, and the beautiful thing about Scripture is that... A scripture gives us the opportunity to really learn deeply how to be followers of Christ, how to, how to achieve the purposes and the plans that God has for us. And so we started last week and we're going to continue today and for the next few weeks really talking about how we run this race, how we uh, consistently over the course of a lifetime live out the purposes and the plans uh, that God has for us. We. Uh, are looking at a, as a primary passage for uh, this pass for this series of messages from 1 Corinthians chapter nine. I just want to read to you again 1 Corinthians chapter nine verses twenty four through twenty seven. It says this: Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They the prize. We're, we're talking in this series called Marathon about how to run the, ra- or the race in such a way as to not be disqualified. How to run the race in such a way to actually get the prize. I shared with you last week, a few years ago, it's been more than a few now, uh, I ran a marathon. And on the particular day that I ran the marathon, it happened to be incredibly hot. Uh, the conditions were, were really very, very difficult. And I remember while running the race after we got, um, because when you run those races, uh, it, uh, some people run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and then a full marathon. And I, I remember once I passed the half marathon place and kind of that bend in the race and was running back, that because of the heat that day, because of the conditions, that there were a lot of people who were getting muscle cramps and, uh, and it, was, it was almost like a triage unit uh, for the second half of the race. There were people sort of strolled out everywhere uh, because of the muscle cramps. And, and I remember thinking how sad it was all of these people who had trained so hard, who had worked so hard for so long, because if you're going to run a marathon, it's not something that you decide uh, a week in advance or even a month in advance. It's something you train for for a long time. And I remember passing those people and thinking how terrible it must be to have prepared for so long, tried so hard, and yet come to the race, and then not actually be able to finish the race. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 9, was talking about the, the fact that, that he's running this race that God had called him to, and he didn't want to allow anything to keep him from finishing the race. And he's giving this encouragement, I believe, to himself, because he is... He is towards the end of his journey. He is coming to the end, but he's giving this, cur- this encouragement to those who are coming after him. He's trying to set an example for them. Look, I- I've ran my race. It's been difficult. It's been hard, but-, but here are the things you have to do. Here's how you have to run if you're going to finish the race. We talked about a few things last week. Uh, the first thing that we learn is that the capacity to effectively run and finish the race is foremost determined by my perspective. In other words, how I view things, how I see things. When it comes to a long-distance race like a marathon, it's as much a mental game as it is a physical game. As I said, someone who runs a marathon, they don't just decide... Uh, last week or last month. They conditioned their body for months and months and months in advance. So by the time it comes to the actual marathon, the, the day of the race, your body is pretty much prepared. I mean, you're going to face challenges and circumstances. You've still got to run the race, and we're going to talk about that. But But really, it's about your perspective. It's about your perspective of yourself. It's about your perspective of the race. Have you really calculated Have you seen how long the race is? Have you really taken into perspective what you have to do to prepare? I think sometimes because we haven't taken into consideration uh, what we have to do to prepare, we haven't calculated what the race is really going to entail. We haven't calculated the cost on ourselves. We start things and we don't finish them. Am I the only person who ever starts things that haven't finished? I'm certainly glad there's more than just me. Can't tell you how many people over the last month have asked me, hey, Randy, how's that project car coming? Sometimes I start things that I don't finish. Sometimes I start things that I don't finish because I haven't calculated the cost, because I don't have the perspective, because I don't understand exactly what it's going to take. And so my ability to run the race and to effectively finish the race really has a lot to do with my perspective of the race but also myself do i do i have a clear picture of the cost do i have a clear picture of 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 myself and 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 what what it's going to take to transform my body from someone who can't and i made a joke about this last week i hope i didn't offend anybody i you know i'm not in the condition i was in several years ago when i ran that marathon now when i go across the parking lot sometimes i start breathing hard I was on a, a trip this week in Kenya, and uh, I decided, desert and I have been talking a lot about, uh, you know, just getting in shape and things, and so I decided, I was on the third floor, I decided I'm not going to take the elevator, I'm going to go up and down the steps, and I would get to the third floor, and I'm, <sighs> I'm not in marathon shape, right? Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm having to be, I, I can't go run a marathon tomorrow. I, I, right now, I'm struggling to get up three flights of stairs. So I have to be honest with myself about myself. Many, many of us struggle to be honest with ourselves about ourselves. When it comes to running a marathon, and, and boy, this is a word of revelation for some of us today. Uh, we, we said this last week, and it really was the, the huge takeaway that, that I hope we got. My greatest challenge in running this race is me. So, some of us are so, uh, we're so focused on being the victim. Uh, we're so focused on being the underdog. We're so focused on blaming everybody or something else that we don't realize that our biggest enemy is ourselves. Can I tell you something? Your biggest enemy isn't the devil. Your biggest enemy is you. Your biggest enemy is you're wrestling with the Lord. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to really transform you and change you. God isn't powerless to make you who he created you to be. But his power, he has chosen to limit to your willingness to be obedient to him. Woo, that, that's like we could go home right now. <laughs> Scripture shows that over and over your biggest problem, my biggest problem is not the devil. It's not somebody else. It's not the government. My biggest problem is my willingness and capacity to be obedient to what God has already said about me. Oh, I need a fresh word from the Lord. No, you don't. You need to read the one that's already been written in his word. I need a fresh word. No, No, you don't need a fresh word. You need to live by the one that's already been revealed. You need to stop chasing prophets and start living out what's already been prophesied. Listen, this race that's been set before us, God has called us to it and he's called every one of us in this room. And yes, we have obstacles. Yes, we have challenges. And and over the next few few weeks, we're gonna learn about some of those things. We're gonna talk about overcoming some of those things. But you have to start first and foremost with this idea that I am going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me about me. Uh, Scripture talks about what is it? Taking the plank out of your own. I'm I'm just waiting for you to finish the sentence. (laughs) right? We got to start, we got to start there. If we're going to run the race, if we're going to run the race effectively. If we're not, we're not going to blame others and circumstances and situations. If just start there and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. To, I have to learn, we, we said this last week, I have to learn to, and here's where it starts to be, I have to learn to avoid distractions. And a sneaky distraction that we talked about last week was the distraction of entitlement. Because look, not every good thing is the best thing every good thing that comes along is the right thing or, or the best thing. And I, and I talked about when I uh, was running that race, how, I don't know if you've ever been in a, a race like that or a marathon. Uh, it's a big hype day and there's all kinds of people along the, there's all kinds of people along the race and, and everyone's cheering and there's all kinds of celebrations and, and everyone's there to encourage you. And, and, uh, and when you're, when you 're running a race like that, you you have to become very specific about how you how you treat your body and and what, what you and we talked about that runner that Paul was talking about, and that the origin of marathon was that the runner started the race and and of what we learn from the legend is, according to the legend, he took—he literally took off all of his clothes. He took off, all, even though he was a soldier, he took off all of his armor. He took off all of his clothes because he didn't want anything to beset him, to weigh him down from completing the race. And when you run those races and you run those marathons, there's all the crowd alongside and there's people handing you stuff and, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing. And, and when I ran that race, I got so caught up in, in, the, in the moment and the crowd. I was taking stuff from everybody. Like, you know, we love freebies, right? I didn't need it. My body, my, my body was ready for the race, but I'm like, people are just handing stuff. I'm just drinking stuff. I don't even know these people. I'm taking drinks from them and drinking it, Right? Like total strangers. It wasn't even like the official race course people handing out water. Like who knows what I could have been drinking. And I told you last week, I, didn't, I, I ended up not running the race that I wanted to run because I allowed myself to get distracted by the hype. And because I allowed myself to get distracted by the hype, I was taking in things that I had no no business taking in. I I have no idea what I, now listen, I didn't pass out or anything like that, but I I certainly know that my, my race started falling apart. I didn't meet my goal. And part of the reason for that was not because of anybody else. It was because of the lack of discipline in myself to do what I knew that I was supposed to do to run the race that I had planned to run. Last week, we looked at a familiar scripture to kind of talk about this. I want to look at another one um, found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You, uh, most of you are going to know this. Some of you may not know this. And it's, it's kind of a classic Bible story. It's the story of, uh, of David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 19, I'm going to read a really long portion of scripture to you because I just want to refresh your memory from this story. Now Saul and, and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting the Philistines and. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provision and went. Now, For those of you who may not know the story or may be unfamiliar with it, David at this time was not the king. He was a shepherd, and he was the youngest of all of his brothers, and he was kind of left behind when the men of Israel had gone out for war. And so where we pick up this story was uh, he had been sent out to war, and so that's why he wasn't there yet, so now he gets his chance to go. David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provision and went. And Jesse had commanded him, Jesse's David's dad, And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army, and David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. Now, again, picking up the story, David's dad had sent him to take some food, some provision, uh, some some. Grain and some cheese. Everybody loves cheese when they're going out to battle. He took some cheese to his brothers, and he went and he left it with the guy who's in charge of the kitchen, and then, of course, he runs out. And he talked to all of the the guys who were set up for battle. And he talked with them, behold, the champion of the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came out from the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. So this this guy, Goliath, had been coming out and taunting the army of Israel. And David heard him and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. I, I, I love this classic story of David and Goliath, and there's so many aspects of it that's been an encouragement to me over the course of my life. And, and I just felt like today, there's a few things that we could observe uh, from this passage that I think will be helpful to you and I as we run this race uh, that God calls us to run. And isn't it, isn't it amazing how the Lord just uh, confirms his word? Uh, Desiree and I had not at all talked about uh, today's message, and then the Lord uh, dropped in her heart what she shared with us this morning, which really, really just resonates. It makes my first point for this message this morning. The thing is about a race uh, the thing about winning a race or running a race or accomplishing a race is this you will, never, you will never be a competitor. You'll never be a runner until you start running. Man, folks, it's just one of my favorite savings. It's not rocket science. You want to know how to know if somebody's a runner or not? They're running. I'm not not that complicated of a preacher. Just let that sink in. Some of us have big dreams. We have words from the Lord. We have things that God has put in our heart. And we wonder, why is this not happening? Why am I not achieving the things that God has called me to achieve? Why is this dream not happening? Why is this vision not happening? And a question I have for you this morning, are you even in the race? Are you, are you running? Some of us have things that God has put in our lives and right now we're, we're struggling because we seem a long ways away from those things that God has put in our lives. And, and, and I believe what we need to hear this morning is today is the day that you get back in the race. David was at home. He was tending the sheep. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And when, they, when his dad sent him out to battle, I love this, he was doing what he was supposed to do. But he got an opportunity to go to the front line. And when he got there, David was a player. There's multiple levels to that statement. So you just, <laughs> I, and I literally mean every one of them. I mean, and those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just go, go read the story of this dude's life. He got, he got to the battle lines, and all of a sudden everybody's lining up, and he starts to, he starts to see this challenge and what's inside of him, who he was created to be, starts getting provoked. You're like, oh, hang on a minute. That guy can't talk to us like that. This, this warrior king that God had created him to be, that, oh, by the way, had already been affirmed in his life by God, but not seen by others. Well, there's a whole sermon right there that had been affirmed by God but not seen in others, when he got to the moment of challenge, all of a sudden it started to be provoked, and David was like, let me me take care of my responsibilities, but I'm going to engage this fight. I'm gonna get in the fight. I'm gonna get in the race. And David does what any runner does. He starts to ask questions. He starts to try to figure out what's going on here. And like... He's like, "Oh, you mean we don't have to pay taxes anymore? I'm in. Plus, I get a new wife. I'm really in. <laughs> right? Some some of you need to hear this today. You got to get in the race. There's things that's in your heart that God's put in your heart, and and you're you're making all kinds of excuses not to run, but you." You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be able to run the marathon today, but put one foot, just what Deser said, just put one foot in front of the other. As I shared with you last week, I had been very sick. I, my body was completely broken down when I started the process, but I had to start the process. And the process from day one for me didn't look like running a marathon. It looked like going for a walk, It looked like being able to walk a a kilometer, much less 42K, right? You gotta just, you gotta get in the race. You gotta start where you are. You gotta start running today. Some of us are so scared of engaging that we're paralyzed. We're so, some of us are so scared of failing that we won't even start. I tried to run a marathon before and it didn't work. I tried to pursue God's call on my life and it didn't work. And so if I try now, what happens if I fail? What happens, what happens if, you know, I, I tried before. What happens if it if it doesn't happen this time? Listen, this, this thing that God has called you to, this marathon that God has called you to, it's not a sprint, it's a process. But but you're never gonna know until. You're never gonna know until you start. And here's the thing is, God built David's life to the place that got him to this moment. And I wanna give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. Goliath wasn't the marathon for David. Goliath wasn't the end of the story. Goliath was a part of the process for what God was getting David ready for in the future. But David had to get in the race. David had to engage the moment. David had to start where he was. And even, even though he wasn't invited, something inside of you has to stir up. Please hear me today. Our city is going to hell. There are people in this city who are dying without hope. They're addicted to drugs. Their marriages are falling apart. They've been abused and beaten by the enemy. Can you please check your feelings at the door? Because somebody's got to fight Goliath. I'm saying this because I love you and God has called some of you to be giant killers. but your ego is so fragile because you're I'm so distracted by the things that haven't happened in my life that I'm missing the race that is in front of me right now get this David's brothers were like who do you think you be quiet sit down I know who you are I know you're so prideful let me remind you you're just a shepherd Go back to those stinky sheep where you belong," David said. "Hold my cheese. Let me go. (laughs) Let me go deal with this giant. Let me go deal with this giant. I told you earlier. As I was running my marathon, I didn't. I didn't end up achieving my goal. Because, so I got distracted. So many things were happening, and um, when when the when the race started, I told you about my watch last week. I had a I had a race plan, I had prepared for months, and I had set a a, a race plan in my watch, so it was going to keep me on pace. Because here's the thing about here's the thing about running a marathon is. You, you're not gonna effectively run the race unless you keep the pace. If, you're, if your pace is erratic, your race falls apart. That's gold right there. And the race started, there's thousands, I'm not, this is not preacher talk, this is, this is legit, there were thousands of people there to run that race. And the race started, it was called, it was called the Rock and Roll Marathon and they have, they have bands every, we, we count in miles in America, because we're, we got to be different than everybody else in the rest of the world, I don't know why, so every, every about mile and a half, they would have a different band, and they would play music, and it was so, I mean, it, the whole thing was hype, and there were thousands of people when the race took off, and I had a Plan, programmed into my watch it was programmed into my body it was programmed into my mind but when the when the they fired the gun and the race took off and all of these people are cheering and running I just start running and I had a pace but I got caught up in the crowd and I got off pace I got off my I got off my plan I got distracted by other people and the way other people were running, and I'll never forget. I was in line for the registration before starting the race, and there were people and, and and you know everybody they're talking to me and 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 I don't I'd never run a race before and and they're saying all these different things about the the condition and the race and the. And, and, the, and the, the course and all of these things, and although I had done all the prep and made all the plan, I started allowing myself to get drawn out of my plan by the crowd and the opinion of others and what other people said, and oh, this is your first marathon, you need to do this, you need to do this. And before I know it, I'm, I'm not running my plan anymore. Effective marathoners stick to their race plan. Listen to this. You, you may know this story. So David gets called in. He's talking all this noise, and uh, he gets called in. Saul's like, man, bring me anybody, anybody who will fight this giant because everyone's scared because everyone's ego is really small on the side of the giant. People talk big. They've fought battles before. All these brave soldiers all of a sudden are miniature and small in the face of Goliath. Every time Goliath comes out, they run and they hide. Well, isn't that about right? David says, hey, I'm going to do something about this. So Saul calls him in. Saul's the king, and this is what it says in 1 Samuel 17, verses 38 through 40. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. Because Saul says, listen, if you're going to go fight this giant, you can't, you can't do it in your armor. Wear my armor. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. Talking about Saul's sword. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's, his what? His shepherd's pouch his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. So here's this, here's this picture. It's time for the race. It's time to run. And Saul says, you, you're just a shepherd. You can't face a giant in, like a shepherd. Take, put my armor on. You need to look like a soldier. Put my armor on and go fight this giant. David. And, you know, we could speculate all day long about why, what Saul's motives were about this. Um, there's all different ways you could look at this, but the point that is very clear from the passage of Scripture that we can see clearly without speculating at all was David put on the armor, and it, and it didn't fit him. And he tried to go, but it didn't fit him. And so he said to Saul, listen, I can't wear your armor I, it doesn't fit me, so I'm going to take your armor off. I'm going to pick up my shepherd's pouch. I'm going to pick up my sling, and I'm going to go out to battle as I've been prepared to battle before. I'm not going to go out in your armor. Every marathoner, if they're going to successfully achieve their race, if they're going to do what they, they, they can't run, they can't run somebody else's race. They can't get caught up in somebody else's race. And I don't don't know if you've ever seen this before, but when you go to these marathons, what happens is there's groups of people who end up running together. And we're going to talk about that later on. See, some of us, I I don't want to spoil next week's sermon, but some of us are, some of us, we love running and we love marathons because we think it's an individual sport. But can I tell you that achieving all that God has called you to be is not an individual sport. But we'll talk about that next week. I can see some of the look on some of your faces. You're excited about that one. David had to go out to battle, but he couldn't do it like Saul. When you run these marathons, what happens is there's these group of people, and they're they're called pacers. And they hold these little signs. In fact, they have them kind of strapped to them, and it's a sign, and it's got a time on it. And what, it, what it's basically communicating to anyone is if you want to complete the race in this time, you run with this runner because this is a professional runner. They're a professional pacer, and they'll make sure that you stay on this pace. They'll make sure you run the race that you were planning to run. But what I did was I thought, I've been training for a long time. I got this. I don't need to find that guy. I don't need to look for that group of people. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my thing, and, and I'm going to run with whoever I feel like running with instead of running the race that it prepared. And the, here's the thing, from experience, that person knew how to run the race that I was trying to run. But in my pride, in my arrogance, in my ego, in my stubbornness, I I decided to run just whatever I felt like, what felt good to me in that moment. I tried to run with this guy because I liked his stride. I wanted to to look like that. I wanted to run like that. I got caught up, and I started putting on all of these other things that weren't my race, my pace. The challenge, think about this. The challenge you are facing today is a proving ground for the crown that lays ahead of you. Where you are right now, remember I said this, Goliath actually wasn't the race for David. It was actually a part of the pace setting in his life. And God had already been establishing pace setting in his life. And in this moment, David had a crucial had a crucial decision to make: either he was going to run a race at a different pace, or he was going to run the race at the pace that God had created him for, and the way that God had created him. He was going to put on the shepherd's sling, and he was going to take his—he was going to take his his stones. And he was going to run the way that God. Had. Some of us need to hear today. We need to hear: you need to run the way God has called you to run. Amen. You need to be the person. I love what Desir said. Again, we had not conferred on this. God's called you to be you. He's called you to be you, and you've got to discover that. You've got to find that, and you've got, to, you've got to run that race that way. It doesn't mean that there's not other people who aren't designed and created that way, but you've got, to, you've got to find those people, and you've got to run that way. You can't run another pace. You can't put on somebody else's armor. You can't take someone else's weapons. You've got to use the ones that God has given you, which means that you've got to allow for the time in your life for God to prove those things to you in your life. Let me show you this really quickly. First Samuel chapter seventeen, verses thirty through four, thirty-four through thirty-seven. But David said to Saul, "Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after them and struck him and delivered it out of the mouth." And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See, the greatest indicator of your future success in this race that God has called you to is how you have responded to your previous challenges how God has equipped you or how God has used you. The way that God has given you the victories in the past is how he's gonna give you the victories in the future. If you're gonna be an effective marathoner, if you're gonna run this race effectively, can I, can I let you in on something? You're gonna have to embrace the fact that you're gonna disappoint people. The more that God has called me to leadership, the more I've had to accept the fact that people aren't always going to like me. That I'm going to disappoint people. That I'm going to make decisions at times that people don't understand. That I'm going to run a pace and I'm going to run a race that other people aren't running. Some of you are nodding your head because you're like, yeah, you've ticked me off before too. (laughs) I don't understand why you don't do this. I don't understand why the church doesn't do this. I don't understand why we're not like this. It's okay, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. We can be honest. And it's because I, I have a vision, I have a perspective. I know the race God has called me to. And I'm not gonna be the pastor down the street. I'm not gonna be the father somebody else's father is. I'm not gonna be the husband someone else's husband. And I had to get to a place as a man, as a follower of Christ, that I'm confident in the armor that God has given me. Why? Because it's been proven in my life. And because I know who I am, when the next challenge comes in front of me, Instead of shrinking under the challenge, I can rise to the challenge because I know when the lion came and I know when the bear came and I know when the previous battle came, this is how God gave me victory in the past. And so this is how he's going to give me victory in the future. And so I'm confident in that. But here's the thing. I have to have the perspective to know that God is building this story in me because he wants to do something through me. God is building a story in you right now because he wants to do something through you. He wants to do something in your life. He's got a a bear, he's got a lion, he's got a giant in your life that he wants to defeat. And he's he's putting a challenge in front of you right now. And he's saying, let me prove myself in your life not by doing it the way Pastor Randy does it, not by behaving the way someone else behaves, but with the sling that I've given you at the pace that I've called you to run. See, if you're gonna run someone else's pace, you're gonna blow up your race. If you get out of step with the rhythm that God has called you to, and everybody has a rhythm, that's what I had to learn about running, is that everyone has a rhythm, and there's a rhythm for your life. And some of you are sitting here today and you think your race is blown up. You think you failed. You think it's over. You think you missed it. And some of us sitting here today, your theology was constructed in your life in such a way that told you if you don't do this right now, then you're going to miss God and everything's going to be over. Some of you are in a business or in a job or in a marriage. And you just... You just had enough courage to drag yourself to church today and you have a theology and a belief that says you missed it, you messed up, you made this decision you went down this path and your race is blown if you hear nothing else, hear this Goliath wasn't the finish line for David and yes he won that battle that day but if you know his story there were other battles he lost along the way the Bible isn't a fairy tale. It's a true story of real people who had wins and losses. And some of us look back and it was long run days and we didn't quite make the mark. Several months ago, I was with a friend and we were talking. I was talking about this marathon and I was talking about how disappointed I was that I didn't, I didn't achieve the goal that I set for that day. And that friend looked at me and he said, You'll do it. You'll do it. You'll run that race. I said, You don't know my wife. She said, I can't run any more marathons. And I I, I don't know in the natural if I'll ever run that race again. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear as I was getting ready and prepared and thinking in advance of this series. The Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear and said, you know know what, Randy? That moment, that moment wasn't the finish line. It was a part of the process. It was learning for you. It was learning for you. And I just just wanna encourage you I just want to encourage you. Could you perhaps this morning take a moment and believe that your God is big enough? That your God is big enough that perhaps what you thought was a failed finish line was actually a part of a process that God was at in your life to teach you not to run at somebody else's pace, not to put on someone else's armor, not to allow yourself to be distracted by the thoughts, opinions, plans, and purposes of others. Could I encourage you just a little bit this morning to reframe your story and to look at your life and believe in a God Who's bigger than your bad decision? Or your circumstance that you couldn't control? Or your race a year ago, a week ago, five years ago that fell apart? Can I just, by the spirit, encourage you today to stop for a second and just ask the Lord, are you finished with me? Are you finished with me or do you have a next step? I believe what you're gonna hear is exactly what he's already said to us today. He has a next step for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, he's got a next step for you. It's not gonna look like my step. It's gonna look like the step that's specifically designed, created for you.